Um, I'm just going to start and then, yeah. Yeah, you're going to do the thing? No, I'll just do the theme music. Okay, do that then. Hello. 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 Um, I, what um, happened? I, what happened? You seem to know. have an issue. We have issues. Welcome to we. This isn't we have issues. Um, no, I'm what? fine now. I just I'm a little. I'm a little bit dithery. I've not been well, Nick. Oh, haven't you? Oh, not at all. I've been awful. I've been in bed most of the weekend. Why? Because I've been. I just felt really ill. It was a really bad cold, but one of those really bad colds that makes you go to bed. A man cold. If you like, yeah. Was that? Man, did you cold. just? Did you just cough a little bit so that I'd know that you were telling the truth about your <laughs> no, cold? No, no, that no, that was a that was an organic cough, but it was a useful uh, illustrative device at the same time. But no, it was a real one. So, um, just so you know where I'm at at this exact moment in time. I immediately before um immediately before I answered your call I came in to record this um the uh I noticed that the dogs have despite me putting like a thing round they've uh, tried to dig up the mint that I've put near the front they keep there's this one thing this like brick thing near the house that they keep planter that a they wall, keep a wall. Tr- well it's a planter it's like a big planter. Right. They keep trying to go in specifically. They don't dig up anything else, but they dig that up. Yeah. And I went through the like the just all of the 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 sprayed up where they've where they've dug crap around it. I tiptoed, but I was only in my socks. And now I'm itching. I don't think right. I've actually you know that psychological thing where yeah you um you you feel like dirty or like there's little bits of dirt or whatever on you. Yeah. It's that. I feel really oh, scratchy. Oh, stop itching. That's horrible. Make me feel itchy. It's not pleasant. It's um, It broadcasts itself, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Also, yeah. the uh, the study the study where I'm um, recording, which the I've study. actually got... Get yes, you. Fucking get the, you. The converted the garage at the back a, of the, the house. The shit you've given me over the years for being middle class and you've got a study. I'm well, yeah, but I mean, the, the, dif- the difference. You're smoking jacket, are you? The difference between you and me in this Ooh. regard, though, is I've never really claimed to be different, have I? Yeah, no, you have. I don't you, talk you, like you. Yeah, you do it in more subtle ways. You try and mix it up. You try and act all common, but really, how do I? We know. Literally, the only time, the literally the only time I don't speak properly is when I've been talking to you for a while. Yeah, there you go. And that's just social anyway, camouflage. I've, I've been activated now. On, By what? Uh, on Wednesday, uh, all uh, white Anglo-Saxon men received their Order Sixty Six. Oh no! In the, uh, in the shape of uh, Article Fifty, uh, and now uh, I've taken to wearing Union Jack shorts and offering out Spain. Oh no! What yeah, is that all just about? Since Wednesday, come on, Spain! Come on, let's so- have at ya! Was that always going to happen? Like, were the Spaniards always like less than a week in? Less than a week in, and we're almost we're already euphemistically offering former European colleagues out for a fight. That's brilliant, isn't it? 
less than a week that took. That's is it? So is it because is the only reason that that wasn't a flashpoint anyway because we were all in the EU? Yeah. Was it already contested? It was, wasn't it? It was, but um, Spain had to be quiet apparently because of uh, us being in the European Union. It was one of the conditions, and now they're just sort of there. They're sort of just uh, not even not even threatening to claim sovereignty over it really, and we're immediately rattling our little sabers about, quivering in our in our funny little duke's hats, and sort of screaming at Johnny Foreigner for having the temerity to want back. A piece of land that was essentially stolen from them about three hundred years ago. I mean, how dare they? Why? Uh, why are the English? And I'm asking you this because you've been activated and you're wearing a Union Jack. Everything. I see. Order sixty six. The Emperor. I've had my imperial, my imperial conditioning activated. This is why we still keep up the imperial conditioning in our school system. Is so now we've all been activated. Angry little Englishmen, we've all been activated now, and we're gonna we're gonna take on Johnny Foreigner again. That's what's happened. That's what Brexit fifty was. That was Theresa May's Palpatine moment. Execute Article fifty. So, so my question is then to you as a representative: Yeah, why are the English such a fucking pestilence on this planet? Well, you would say that, wouldn't you? Like the Americans, it makes sense. They're still trying out their whole. Like, country thing. Yeah, they they haven't Can, they haven't strictly speaking had an empire beyond like a cultural one. Yeah, have they? They've they've it, they've sent that? troops. The Americans have sent troops out to places. Yeah, well, that's true. But they haven't like um, except for America itself, they haven't really occupied anywhere properly as um as a colony, have they? Or no, have they? Well, well, not really. I mean, no. I mean, they bought Alaska off the Russians, didn't they? So it kind of makes sense that that they get a bit like weird and gung ho and stuff. But but why why do we keep doing? I mean, I just we ain't oh, got I don't any know. room, have we? We ain't got any room. We're too little. There's no room for them, is there, Nick? For who? Them. You know the others. Oh right. <laughs> okay. Mm. But but you see, in my experience of uh, in my experience of the white English. And this is also my experience of people in general as well. Um, the other is generally anyone who doesn't live in their house in their immediate family. So, so like, I just yeah, well, there's never going to be room for all the others, is there? It's like degrees of of uh, hate radiating out um, from a stone thrown into a pool, isn't it? We we hate those at the furthest reaches of those ripples the most. Mm. Uh, until we finally get back to the centre where the stone was dropped, which is our, our our home and half. It's like what was that in the circles, the assassin really? circle? I think it's Zorro. Mm. I think yes. it's Little Anthony Hopkins. No, it was the... um, it was the the eighty sitcom over the creasing circles of hate <laughs> with Richard Bryars. That's right, and he was the original hateful Englishman. Oh, not lovely he, Richard Bryars. Yeah, he, he was driven to madness by the fact that his telephone receiver was never put down the right way up. Is he still alive? Richard Bryars, no, he's very, very, uh, he's very dead. Oh, I loved he, his face. He went, he went for a full death. The, the full oh, death. Yeah, I'm having one of those nights where people are desperately trying to get hold of me, and uh, I'm not available for them. And I know for a fact that my wife's mobile telephone 
has been doing its nut in her bag, which she's mm-hmm. left in the in this room. Uh, my phone's just gone off. At some point, Nick, I'm going to have to say to you, do you want to do the admin while I give my wife her phone back? Is it the collective? Are the, are the collective trying to get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, this is all part of Order 60, uh, Article 50. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, this we're all, is... Uh... We're, all, we're all basically just an extension of Cobra now. <laughs> Cobra! Cobra, Cobra you do, the... You um... do the admin, and I'm going to take my wife her, um, uh, her phone, all right? All right, all right. Uh, so, listener, welcome to Two Grown Men, episode 137. He's he's making a lot of noise, isn't he? Uh, episode 137. This is a podcast ostensibly about parenting, but as you've already heard, n- nope, nope. It's about being fragile old men who still have just enough of their faculties to do a podcast, but not enough of their faculties um, to, to, to do anything about the things they're stressed about if they ever did, could, or would have, or had. Anyway, you can listen to this uh, this and all previous episodes of the show at twogrownmen.net. That's the number two, grownmen.net. Uh, you can also subscribe to it on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do tell your friends about us uh, and also uh, rate and review us if you can be asked. Telling your friends might seem less... Uh, hassle unless you feel that we might humiliate you uh, somehow in front of them and we understand right if that's right right about this in um in uh toilets leave yeah, our right. mobile phone numbers yeah i'm glad you right. came back right um, for a good James. for a good time <coughs> for a good time listen to this podcast uh so we also have a twitter account bear with me a sec <coughs> oh i could have covered there that's a shame i've got a hair in my mouth what the Oh dear! And not a, not a giant rabbit. <laughs> is is it another person's hair or is it one of your own? I think it's one of my own. I'm so, suggesting um, that you might have been doing oral sex. No, no. So um, <coughs> we uh, won't have it in the house. <laughs> no, I'll not probably really. I'll probably cut all this stuff where we're just fucking yeah. coughing left yeah. left right and back and forth and centre. <laughs> Cancer. So um, don't do don't do that. Don't. So soon after April, Derek, April 1st. Derek and Clyde bits. No, hoaxing. Is that a Derek and Clyde bit? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing is, you're a shoo-in for actual cancer, so... Oh, like, Christ, yeah, absolutely. It's just not, it's just was, not really funny. I was, I, was in the, I was in the doctor's surgery, and she had a little... Uh, she had a little... You know the uh, death calculator they have when they're um, uh-huh. talking to you? Or oh, there was a big sad face on mine. I don't know what it meant, but it didn't look good. Um, so we do have a Twitter account. It's at two GM Pod. <coughs> what the what the fuck are you doing? Coughing. I can't help it. Oh, was that another cough? Yeah. Haven't you got a new cat over there that lets you mute? Oh yeah, I could can I? Yeah. It's just a thought. Um, yeah. yeah, we have a Twitter account at two GM Pod. Uh, we are also each on Twitter ourselves. I'm Nick Sight N I X S I G H T. James is James Mob at James. M-O-M-B, uh, there's a Two Grown Men page on Facebook, and we're also Patreon-supported. Um, you can Patreon-support us and uh, the sort of cousin show of this, the kissing cousin show of this, uh, We Have Issues, at patreon.com forward slash T-O-T-P. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, Southampton Superpod, we participated in that recently. It was a 36-hour podcast event. 
uh, in aid of comic relief. We didn't do the whole 36 hours. We probably could have if we'd wanted to. We're really good at really long podcasting, but we didn't because we don't care enough about anything to do it for 36 hours. No. Is my instinct. Yeah, I can't. I mean, right. James is just gulping and stuff at the other end of the line. I don't, I don't um, know what's going on over there. I'm making, anyway, little, I'm making little sounds of agreement. I'm making little burbles like, hmm, yeah. All right, okay. Just adding a bit of colour. The episode immediately before this one, which was uh, 136, was actually recorded at Southampton Superpod. And I think it went very well. Yeah, it's a good episode, that, wasn't it? It was. It was really good. So um, I believe the fundraising page is still open. You can um, go and listen to the previous episode and look at the show notes to find uh, those. We were on another podcast, though, weren't we? We were on um, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Yeah. We should, we should also yet? say thank you to... I, I, I don't, it was embarrassment sort of probably caused us not to, um, not to draw too much attention to it at the time, but Al said some really lovely things before our podcast, which I was really, actually, genuinely touched by. He was ever so nice. He did. I was going to put those out as part of the next episode of We Have Issues just to bump the whole fundraising bit a bit. But sure. that was... It was very kind of him. Hmm. Um, it, 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 he was very kind. He gave, he gave us a little interview, didn't he? He did, yeah. No, it was, it was weird. I mean, uh, little you know. sounds a little bit reductive. It was literally only like a quarter of an hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's longer than James likes to be sincere about anything. So... <laughs> Too right. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite difficult. But yeah, at the if you go to superpod.co.uk, there is still a donate link up to um, donate some money for Red Nose Day, um, so you can do that. But obviously, I congrats Al um, really created quite an impressive event. I was really bowled over by it. It was really really good. It was good. It was good. It was interesting to see our lovely friend Stacy come all the way down from Birmingham, having yeah. never met most of the people there. Yeah. And, and becoming a much more um, uh, like a cornerstone uh, character in Southampton podcasting than either of us has ever been. Well, to be fair, I mean, my social anxiety is such that actually me being out of the house was a minor miracle anyway. Oh, oh I, mean... Off... I mean, I managed to do 24 hours because for the entirety of those 24 hours, I was in my own home. I mean, that to me is I, I can do it. If it's here, I can do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I was saying how impressive uh, what Stacey uh, did was, um, I that was with the caveat that everything you do is more impressive. Ob- well, obviously, I don't James. think there's any need for that at all, is there? <laughs> I, uh, to me, to me, Nick. If anything, that was to you. That was slightly unnecessary. To you, what? To you, what? To you. What are we sucking up? What the the podcast the podcast after us at what? um which we can probably be heard on quite a lot. <laughs> oh, it's so funny when it Dredgeland podcast. I'm we were so in the glad audience. We for... didn't go on after them. Yeah, because um, I would have had a meltdown. They had such a, a comedy rapport that mm. I thought I'd try a little bit there. It oh. seemed it seemed obvious what your response to to, to you was yeah. going to be, but you just. <laughs> Because we are the Chuckle Brothers of Southampton Podcasting. Ignorantly shouting what? I think that was entirely (laughs) predictable, wasn't it? What? 
I don't understand. I shout, what at it? That's how men like me, men like me navigate the world. If we don't understand it, we're going to shout, what at it? Pretty loud. Yeah. Proud English. Warriors. What? <laughs> so, that's how you deal with the rest of the world, Nick. What? That's, that's how we're going to make Britain great again. What? Uh, Greeks <laughs> tend to deal with everything with Adere. <coughs> was um was Autis- Autism Awareness Day? Uh huh. Is that an actual like? Presumably, that's a thing. It isn't just a thing that Autism Speaks have pioneered. Have you no, heard about Autism I, Speaks? I have, yeah, but only because of you. Yes, I, they seem like a wholly dreadful um, bunch of human beings. But you know, I do. I mean, I feel like that's what people who like all of these cancer charities are like as well. They say they're for cancer and support <laughs> for cancer, but all they're really after is a cure for people with cancer as well. Because, like, obviously, you're only going to talk about the downsides to cancer. Someone with cancer, you really all you want to do is talk about how you got to get rid of this horrible thing inside them. So it's exactly the same as autism. Oh, it's completely equivalent. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me really angry, and it should. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand. And also, I saw a thing about a measles outbreak happening in Europe somewhere, but I didn't click on it, so it might just have been yeah. link bait. Might not. Yeah, been but never mind. Never mind. Um, all the children that are dying as a result of it, Nick, because at least uh, some parents um, uh, were able to sleep soundly, knowing they hadn't given their kids. The autisms, so you know that's good through through a, a belief in completely flawed uh, science. But that's fine. It's fine. This if this episode and you know how these episodes quite often are. We're not we're not very organised. This is going to be a stinker after that last one. Yeah, this and can only be a disappointment. It just feels like everywhere you turn, things are just. Today I was in the shop at work. And there was a Daily Mail headline, and it said savages. Yeah, and then in the, in the first sentence, it said something about um, asylum seekers. In the first sentence, it said something about asylum seekers. And I just assumed that when you have savages and then the word asylum seekers in the next sentence, it's the Daily Mail going on about how asylum yeah. seekers are savages again. Yeah. Um, and then I read the rest of the headline, and I was like, oh, wait, so... They don't want people to beat the shit out of asylum seekers. They should have got their messaging a bit clearer. I um, I had the I had the day off my wife today. We were in a supermarket, and right. she was at a counter buying something. And I was stood by the newspapers. I looked at it, and I said, "Nick, look here! They're taking a piss on the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. uh, reading this very same um, headline. Shocking, isn't it?" It's not, I, yeah, and and what I I know I've talked about this. This is a sort of like my um, the, uh, thing about people still acting as if Donald Trump should be behaving in good faith, even though he's proven that he's got no interest in it. It's like I'm absolutely over being pissed off at the Daily Mail. Well, I'm not over being pissed off at the Daily Mail, but they don't really surprise me, and I don't really I don't get that urge to say. God, don't you realise how hypocritical that is? Because obviously it's hypocritical and they know what they're doing. It's what I just can't get over. It's turning me against our fellow citizens. Because, more like, 
even if a year or so ago, although I've always struggled, but even if a year or so ago I could un maybe understand how people who didn't have any foreign friends or who didn't have any empathy or anything like that might be able to read these papers and be taken in because they're not taking in information from anywhere else. But the papers aren't even bothering being consistent to their audience anymore. No. And so there's literally no excuse to still fall for what they're saying. Except, except willfulness. You know, it's... I don't know. I was wrong to be devil's advocate for all that time. Oh, I agree. That's how I feel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should never have had any sympathy with those people. No. Um, yeah, we're, we're living in dark times. Um, on the plus side, uh, one of my birthday presents turned up today, uh, almost exactly a month late. I was delighted. Was it a bumblebee in a cigar tube? No, it wasn't. Which no. makes for a good rudimentary sex toy. It does. No, very good. Mm. I like to put um, several um, honeybees, usually. Those yeah. big bumblebees look like they're going to be good, but they run out of gas. But I, you get a few really angry honeybees. Woo-hoo! Oh, you're um, you're locked into cum central. <laughs> Sorry, go on. What was this present? Uh, oh, it's a um, uh, Klingon battle cruiser, Nick. Oh. <laughs> so it's a model kit. It's good. Once I'm, you've, um, I'm in dry fit at the moment. Once you have made it, mm. are you going to make an uh, one of the enterprises, like the relevant enterprise? Well, I've and got, then I've, I've already made the relevant enterprises. Oh, is it from my Facebook postings? Is it the same one? Have you still got it? Because you you stopped modelling for ages and ages. Oh, Wasn't that one of the old ones you did? No, oh. I had a I had a big enterprise that I effed up completely. Um, and then got into a bit of a sulk. But yeah, I'm back into making the models big time now. And um, I feel like I'm kicking on, Nick. I'm, I'm cracking on with the Titanic. That's that's getting there. So you've made a new Enterprise since the first Enterprise you made? Yeah, don't, don't you remember seeing it on Facebook a few weeks ago? Oh, God, probably. I don't know. You well, see, the problem thanks for, is... Thanks for paying attention to my life, Nick. You iterated, and that's a problem for me. All right, because, okay. Because I will have seen the new pictures, yeah. thought, oh... Okay, and then I will have just merged them in my head with the old pictures yeah. because they're yeah. too close to each other. They are. I, I tell Amy constantly that, like, if she remind, if she tells me to do something, I will do my best not to forget. But if she keeps telling me, to keeps trying to remind me to do the same thing, I'm less and less likely to remember it just because it just becomes, like, iteration and, and um, uh, re-explaining the same thing just like totally muddies the issue for me and I can't remember anything about it. Quite right. Iterating. That's good. That's the word of the day, is it? No, no. The word of today was um, excruciating. Similar. My my day started excruciating and it didn't get any better. No, that's not true. My day started really well. Days at House Papa Constantino, um, which is the English for the French, Chez Papa Constantino, but uh, I'll not have that foreign muck in my mouth anymore, frankly. I'm I'm removing all uh, French words from my vocabulary. Good. Wait, vocabulary isn't... Yeah, no. I hope you, I, and I hope you do it too sweet. Um, I will. I will do it too sweet. Um, seem to remember doing this at some point in the past, but that might just be uh, deja vu. 
I had a I had a lot <laughs> I had a lot of fun the other day. Um, oh, that was exactly as much of a laugh as I deserved for that. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun uh, with a colleague of mine. I get on with her very well, uh, and she is from uh, Cameroon, where um, people speak French. And uh, I was having a lot of fun with her. Us uh, asking, we were talking about the French language, and I, I kept saying things to her like, "What's the French for je ne sais quoi?" Things <laughs> like that. It was. We had a lot of fun. Oh, I bet she uh, loved every second of it. You are a charming, charming man. Aren't I? Aren't I? Isn't but, she lucky to yeah, work I with think, someone like me? I think she is. Um, but, and I'm going to take my uh, headphones off. What's for the just... French for joie de vivre? <laughs> I'm going to uh, take my headphones off uh, while I talk now because I need to take my shirt off and I can't do it without my oh, headphones wow. on. Okay. But like, so when with your, now so that you've got the two, on, once you've got the Klingon uh, battleship and the equivalent Enterprise, I'm totally topless now. <laughs> And the equivalent yeah. Enterprise, are you going to recreate, are you going to like blow them up? Because you know like with the Titanic, you're going to um, sink it once you've finished. Well, they're original series, so um, I don't remember them blowing oh. each other up in the original series. No, they series. didn't what in the original they series. They are going to be on opposing bookshelves. Oh. Did you, um, I don't think I really covered very well for that, that mouthful of coffee. Um, did you, pa- bang, I just shit my pants. It's not well the. Done. It's not anything to do with the coffee. Pat covered I'm, it. I'm just in, incontinent. I'm the not incontinent. What's the other? No, incontinent. That's right, isn't it? We're not going to be on the incontinent any longer, Nick. Uh, no, we're just going to be our own on thing. The do you know? I read today. Does this make the, us our own continent now? Yeah. I. Um, I, cool. I. I read today that the uh, the red, as I've always seen them, passports. Apparently that was completely opt-in. We that was a decision we made. It wasn't imposed on us by the European Union. Um, I, I can't, is it Czech? What, what, there is another EU country that has uh, like a black passport, for example. It was um, just something. Are those the we, ones that we were humiliated to have? Because well, apparently, but I only found people this think out they're the pink. Few, I only found this out in the last few weeks that apparently um, the the passport was some kind of. Shame. I thought the only element of shame in my passport was the fact it had so few travel stamps in it, for because I've never been anywhere of any what? consequence, and um, a, a picture of me looking really shifty in my early twenties. I just realised something. So I've what? been listening over the last few days to the to uh, politicians making the ridiculous claim that it was humiliating having a pink passport. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, you're an idiot. That wouldn't be humiliating. Yeah. And it, I didn't put two and two together. They're talking about the burgundy passport, like the red wine yeah, colour passport. Yeah, the red passport. That isn't apparent, pink at all. Apparently every time we go through foreign customs, we go, oh, here come the girly English with their pink passports. So they're all colour blind? Apparently so. It's burgundy. It's Although, a fucking kick-ass. The kick-ass passports. Isn't it ironic that they'd be colourblind over something like this? But when it comes to skin tone, their their colour vision's twenty twenty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what foreigners? Yeah. Can't trust them. Nick. They're more racist than us. Probably. I um. I lost my temper with one of my dad's friends on Facebook the other day because my dad posted something um, about a racist attack yeah. in England and um, his friend did the whole um, 
well, but other, these other countries are. Well, I mean, he was. He didn't say it like a yob. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> relating it like that um he said it articulately but he was talking about how um uh, other countries like he named two or three other european countries that are just as racist and um i mean i think you probably saw approximately what i said to him i also posted to my own time my own timeline afterwards but i basically just like really was obnoxious to him about it and yeah. then, uh, and then uh, I haven't looked back at the. I mean, I saw that I got a little notification that he left a comment, but immediately after saying that, I realised no, I didn't want to have a conversation with this person. I just wanted to admonish them. Yeah, but I'm more at ease. I'm more at ease with that than I used to be. You know, I already yeah. know how those conversations are going to go. I'm I'm aware that what is important to my well being is not just sucking stuff like that up. Well, we're now at the point where there's no point uh, trying to to find common ground with people or trying to negotiate. And all the best we can hope for is um, like uh, drive-by admonishments. Yeah. Well, that's it, I Just think. shout admonishments at each other and then we can all go about our day. It's fine. Maybe it's, that's uh, what you should do. You know, like how in um, uh, like uh, Japanese factories and they had like, you know, you do, you do sort of the, the company song. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the day, and it's meant and to a bit of aerobics. You, yeah, meant to give yep. you a, a sense of of togetherness and stuff. Maybe we should have a bit like from um, uh, Seinfeld's airing of the grievances, and we just each morning we start by admonishing people that are on a different side of a political spectrum to us, and then just all go about our days. But I don't. I mean, that's it's still so weird to think of myself as on a particular side of the political spectrum because. I was thinking about this in the shower the other day. I've never mm. been, I've never really agreed with any sort of bigotry or I can, I can understand those. I can definitely get my head round those guys who like the other, the other white straight guys who uh, believe that they're post bigotry themselves so get really frustrated whenever anyone else, you know, the white privilege thing. I definitely understand being blind to your own white privilege because I always was, and it's a conscious effort to not. Con- it's a conscious effort not to play the devil's advocate all the fucking time. Because I always used to, but then I I don't think it's that I've. I seem to end up on the left of a lot of conversations now, but I don't think it's that I've necessarily shifted very much at all. No. It just feels like. The whole of the conversation mm. has skewed so far right that mm. I've just ended up, ended up where I am. Oh, the middle ground some, is taking some, somehow. Quite a hike. I'm a, ev- sorry. The middle ground's taken quite a hike recently. Yeah, and every time, every time someone like uh, it suggests to me that I'm an SJW, I have this little laugh to myself, um, this little chuckle, and then I imagine you and David Wynn and people like yeah. that reading people calling me an SJW. Yeah. And like, it's just very weird. Yeah. And a mansplainer. I mean, I do mansplain. I mean, I can't, I don't think I can, I don't think I can help that because, um, I, I'm a man and, um, well, I try, I make a conscious effort not to try and explain to women what women's experiences are like and to, um, to like other ethnicities or genders or uh, alignments what their experience would be like but i don't have a problem telling other 
like white straight men when I don't agree with them. And I know that some of them think that's mansplaining. Well, I think, um, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I saw, I saw that once. Uh, I don't think that individual knows what mansplaining is. Um, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think you indulge in mansplaining. I think, from what I can make out, you are equally patronising to either gender. To all, to everyone, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes, everyone would have been much better word to use. Yeah, everyone. You're yeah. very patronising to everyone you meet. Yeah, but I try. I I, I try really hard to uh, at least make it about stuff that I'm likely to know more about than they are. Yeah, I mean, which is a lot of a lot of subjects. Yeah, well, apparently, cut two really. Well, no, I mean, when you're talking to someone and they clearly seem to be an idiot, <laughs> you can make certain assumptions, can't you? Oh, there's just no excuse for it, is there? No, not really. Um, I uh, I was listening to a documentary on uh, Radio Four. It's the first of a series uh-huh. um, about uh, digital music today, uh-huh. and uh, they were they were talking to uh, various leading uh, industry insiders um, with regards to Napster uh-huh. and uh, the early file sharing and how the um, how it shifted the paradigm of how how music sold. Um, uh, from the the heady days of um, CDs to the the the, uh, the less the more constrained times, record companies find themselves in now, in the in the digital uh, era, uh, uh-huh. and uh, I I found them asking at one point, uh, posing the question: Was Lars Ulrich hung out to dry? An interesting question. I thought. I don't. I don't. I don't understand where la- laundry comes into it. Laundry, Lars. Well, you no, you remember um, when just just before um, the industry bought Napster, they took Napster to court, didn't they? And yeah. There's a big there's a big furore about file sharing, and and Lars Ulrich and Metallica kind of became the poster boys for um, you know anti piracy. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the poster boy for like aggressively going after fans who'd been file-sharing, but it's what was very clear, and I think it was probably obvious to anyone who was paying any attention, but what was made reasonably clear in this documentary today was, was Lars Ulrich was just, he was asked to do something and ended up getting caught caught up in, in events. Now, maybe he shouldn't have been quite so reactionary. Well, they're himself. Metallica, though. Yeah, but he was you just... You don't get the impression yeah. they're going to do anything delicately. That's true, but it just, it, it sounds to me like someone had basically in a record in the record industry, got him really hyped up that someone was stealing money from him and then sort of wound him up and let him go. And there was, listening to how the industry was was acting behind the scenes, part of me kind of feels sorry for Lars Ulrich now. And that's well, not a comfortable position to be in, is it? He definitely wasn't the only one of those heavy hitters who was... Uh, th- th- my, my, my experience of it at the time, back when... Um, I was thinking it, it it could it could be a a bit of a leveler for yeah. um, for smaller acts before it was before it became apparent that we weren't gonna we weren't gonna disrupt fame and celebrity mm. just because we could now we weren't actually going to um, it, it seemed like all of the really big heavy hitters were complaining about it. I remember Madonna 
Like people, people don't remember Madonna for being really outspoken about this, but she definitely was around the yeah, same time. Metallica, though, were involved in like you know going aggressively after um, fans who who downloaded their music, which is you know was as they admitted in this thing, you know, industry realised how bad it was for them, and they adjusted later than they should have. And there are actually some pretty sanguine sort of. Um, interviews with with people still in the industry just come you know we don't have Rolls Royces and limos anymore it's that's just the way it is we have to get used to the fact we're in a different phase of the industry now and those days have gone you know it's a different model now it's, it was quite interesting um well, Radio, um, Radiohead were were interviewed and had some very interesting things to say as well I, one thing I didn't realize actually is when in rainbows was released, as a sort of pay-what-you-want model, apparently they hadn't informed their record company they'd be releasing music that way uh-huh. and, and had some very uncomfortable conversations with their uh, record label because th- that album should have been for them, and it wasn't. But that was a shifting of the of the paradigm, I think. The thing, the thing that always bothers me about this, and you, you see it happening in comics... I think comics is the place where it happens the most now, where people who work for Marvel, like creators who work for Marvel are the ones who get, or or like for the big publishers, tend to be the ones who get the most um, uh, uh, angry about piracy. And they tend to be the ones most, uh, most quick to blame piracy for their books getting cancelled. Their, their smaller books getting cancelled. Um, it it always reminded me of prior to prior to proper file sharing, um, and maybe post the home taping is killing music thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the it seemed like everybody understood that the record companies were the ones who it was mostly record company executives who were the ones driving around limos anyway, and then a tiny handful of the most successful music artists got to be really rich, and everyone else got fucked over by the record labels. Mm. That's how come they... That's how come the executives were super rich, whereas there was always always that thing about how you'd get signed and your pay packet from the first two or three albums or something would go entirely to pay off the the record label for taking a risk on you in the first oh yeah absolutely place sort of thing so people understood back then that there there was a huge um inequity in where the money was going and it wasn't going to the creators but there was loads of money going into the industry and it wasn't going to the creators and um it it seemed like it was the labels that were getting hit the hardest and well, it's like you said that there are those people. I'm imagining the people who were talking about no longer driving around in limos. Were they actual artists or were they like no, 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 label execs. people? Yeah, no, being quite, yeah. being quite. So frank. people who weren't creative, not the people who were making anything. Are you there? Yeah, no, I'm not. Sorry, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so not 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 the people who were making anything, but who were really really rich anyway. Yeah. So it's um. I, but it, it's, it's interesting to sort of they they were talking to um, Mick Jagger as well and saying that obviously where the money is now is in 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 live performance mm-hmm. and as someone who you know I like watching live performance I like seeing a band 
feels like it's kind of a good thing that you know, you know, you make the way to make more money in the music business is to be a live band that people want to see, and that's maybe not a bad thing, you know. Well, yeah, and I understand. Um, every everyone everyone kind of I, I imagine that that is pretty hard work like it's pretty intense and you're putting yourself out there all the time it's maybe not as hard work as working down a coal mine all the time but at, um at the same time it it's a very different sort of thing and there's going to be lots of working when you're not getting paid so the hope is always that you will get suddenly rich off one album or you know you'll have do, a run do you of think, do you think that or, or do you think do you think there are people in the music industry who hope to make a sustainable living? Because I think there are actually quite a lot of people in the music industry that genuinely aren't in it to get rich. They're in it to be able to play their music and make a living out of it. I don't think that's I think, that's I, think that... I mean, I've seen plenty of acts where I genuinely don't think that the primary ambition is to get rich and very, very famous. I think that I think that um, more so even more so than comics, um, like uh, acting and definitely music, there are going to be two parallel um, like modes going on there as well. Same with sport, but pro- sports probably where it's most pronounced. Like certain areas of sport, um, which admittedly I don't know very much about, but like you can't do that for you know everyone knows you can't like you can't play most sport for your entire life so you have to try and make as much money as you can while you can at a certain level and i think that's the thing there's definitely a fame industry and it's definitely attached to the music industry i so, think i think there's a fame industry attached to a part of the pop industry which is a subset of the music industry no, I don't. I mean, like, there's, there's going to be that. There are going to be people who want to get rich. Because you've got, you've got the tech. Yeah, of course, there are. In like got, metal and stuff like that, aren't there? Oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, but I, what I was saying is, although there's, there's, there are people who are in it purely for that. Hmm. I, I, there are hundreds of of artists who tour the country all the time that are making a living. They're yeah. Not, they're not making a fortune, they're making a living and they're not necessarily doing the job to become super famous. It's it's about, it's a calling, it's a... Actually, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, which I don't think is over-romanticising it. I, I genuinely, you know, I've seen bands that, you know, and I am aware of bands that, that exist because, you know, they're in, they're in like um, subset genres that, 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 you know, they're never going to get, you know, if you're like, um, I don't know, like a, a punk reggae band, you're probably never going to be the number one selling artist in the world. You're almost, you know, you're not going to be Adele. Yeah. But, but if you can make a living playing the sort of music that you like, then that's a means to an end. So it's, I think there's hundreds and hundreds of, of bands and acts that are in it because they want to be in it, they want to rather than because they want to be huge. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I mean by two by two industries like two industries running parallel to each other. Mm. I don't think I mean you can say the pop industry, but it's like across the board, isn't it? And I think that like I think that you'd probably find as many people who secretly hope to get famous as there are people. Mm. There's still an awful lot of people though. 
But interesting though, they were they were talking on this documentary about what's really changed is ban uh, music um, producers don't have the money to spend on promotion that they used to. Yeah. So I think we're seeing we feel it feels like the pool of phenomenal artists mm-hmm. is getting smaller and smaller because because there isn't the money to promote them. You're not having other bands artificially inflated and creating this ephemera of artists that that are big because they're always in the public eye, but that's because they've got a big promotion machine behind them. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't? Wasn't it that side of the? Wasn't it that side of the industry that would pour loads of money into promoting acts and then take all of the yeah, money charged, back? Yeah, usually you, you'd hear the stories, wouldn't you, about artists being charged through the nose for vid- lavish videos and so forth that they hadn't been told at the time they were funding. So in the nineties, um, yeah. it like uh, uh, Britpop and all of that mm. stuff. Um, would have been would have been just before it would have been a little bit before file sharing really became an issue, yeah. but also before you could really distribute yourself online, yeah. Or you know, music could be um, like just disseminated online so quickly. And I know that mainly because that was the era that I was paying attention. That was the era that I was reading anime. Those people definitely felt famous to a certain demographic of people. And most of them, well, nearly all of them just vanished, didn't they? They ended yeah. up, if they were lucky, they ended up writing like Louise Wiener, but the rest of them ended up <clears throat> going into whole other industries because oh, Brit- they Brit- didn't Pop take home any of that hurrah, money. The Britpop was kind of like the last hurrah of of um, industry inflated bands, you know, and sort of uh, an industry... You know, an industry doing now what an algorithm does on Spotify or or Apple Music, maybe you know. Yeah. If you like these guys, you might like these guys, but it feels like it's. I, I am not sorry mm-hmm. to have gone through and put behind us the era of the super huge music publisher, because mm-hmm. I, I think I think the industry's still feeling its way out of that old system of doing things but certainly i've never found it easier to find new music and find yeah. new artists and find artists i'd like to go and see so i can obviously can only speak from my own experience as a consumer of music but you know i this is a brilliant age as far as i'm concerned we see but that's that's the other thing is like <coughs> did you did you cough and then mute it halfway through no i lent away and coughed all right okay um, it didn't. It didn't work. Um, no, no, the, I'm sorry. The um, yeah, but I think I mean that's why I, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't dispute what you said. And I went to loads of. I went to a few, not loads, but I went to open mics and stuff like that. But there are clearly people who make music for the fun of it. And during uh, during roughly that same period in the '90s, that would have been when I was. My life was more full of assholes with guitars in the corner of parties. <laughs> than at any other point in my life and and um and, and stuff like that but like i don't think it's rose tinted to say that um i i totally agree with you about the that that certainly now there are probably lots of people who just want to make a sustainable living doing music but i'd say that now it's more possible than it was 
10, like, well, more possible than it was in the 90s or whatever, when literally the only way you were going to get hurt by anyone was if you had a deal. It just, yeah. it just wasn't going to happen any yeah. other way. So, um, you know, you, you could maybe grassroots it, but it was, and even the first few people who, um, even the first few people who allegedly grassroots it on the internet didn't really, did they? Like, no. pe- people like the Arctic Monkeys and Lily Allen and people like that, they, they did actually still end up having the machine behind them. Yeah. A, a certain extent. And I, I mean, it, it isn't, it isn't an area I know loads about, but when you, when you were saying, um, when you were saying that about just jobbing people, yeah, I think it probably is. It it probably is more possible now, even though, even though we are still obsessed with fame. And like I said, we didn't get rid of it when we could have. You know, we didn't get rid of that idea of celebrity when we could have. Um, it feels like if you tried to do this in the nineties, if you tried to make us a, a sustainable living at all doing music in the nineties, there was literally no way you were going to do that. And probably it's probably the case for comics as well. Like everyone you was say obs- that maybe it was just like you know we, we were less aware of it then because there are undoubtedly acts that have been around for years that have never made it big but have still sustained a career touring. A the few, British. but you sort of you, you you only become aware of them latterly. I you know it's only as I've got older I've become so aware of of the live scene that exists in this country away from a very narrow sort of mainstream that I was aware of in the 90s and but I but I've no evidence that it's become more or less diverse is the is the thing I mean I've, I I'm sure there are a few but aside from aside from Chumbawamba do you think do you think there are any of those bands that really wouldn't want more people to listen to them I think Oh, I don't. I, I don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a band out there that d- wouldn't want more people listening to them. Hmm. It's just I don't think everyone goes into the industry with the expectation that they're going to be able to do anything other than scrape a living if they get to do that. You know, I think I think everyone probably, I think everyone probably harbors a bit of a dream because I think it's it's human to human to do so, isn't it? You know, it's sort of. You do a podcast and you don't think it's many people are going to listen to it, but deep down you you'd love it to be new and noteworthy, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. the same deal, but we do this every week regardless because we love doing it. But if it became super popular, I wouldn't cry. No, well, actually, you um, probably would. Anyway, um, the the documentary I think is well worth a listen. It's part one of a series. Um, it was on Radio 4 today, and it's called The Business of Music with Matt Everett. Uh, and episode one's called The Pirate Ship, and it's available as a download from where you download things by the BBC. But it's well worth a listen. Really interesting. Although, I mean, it's probably on torrent sites by now as well. Yeah, but, you know, it's free content. I can't imagine the BBC be too precious about it. But if you but, want to put it in your player, then it's like yeah. you, 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 if you want to choose how you want to listen to it, yeah. Then this is probably on a torrent site somewhere. It's, it's really hot in this study. I think it's I'm really gonna... hot. It's really hot here too, and I need to take a tablet, Nick. When did that start happening? When did it start getting hot again? Um, only recently, and I think Nikki put the heating on to dry some washing we've got over the radiators. But I'm sat right right next to the radiator, and it's making me sweat. 
oh that was a real kitchen sink moment of like but picture picture painting i like that it felt like i was in a 1970s uh kitchen sink drama yeah uh like uh, clothes off all the backs of everything uh sort of cut in color but muted Mm. color because everything in england was very muted yes james oh fuck you've come home hey james oh fuck you've come home (laughs) what well the the famous kathy come home all right was the the reference there but instead i have come home and people are disappointed about it james oh fuck you've come home do you remember um do you remember back when we did the oh shut up siri uh, back when we did the Southampton uh, Superpod thing, and it it felt like back all those months ago, it felt like whatever it whatever it was we were doing, all mm. of the lack of preparation and everything, but whatever it was, yeah, um, it was all working, it was all firing right, yeah. and uh, and and even though there was no real like it it was the weird uncontrolled alchemy going on and we couldn't uh we couldn't necessarily pin it down you couldn't write an equation for how it worked but it just all worked yeah do you remember that yeah vaguely i'm not hey, really I tell you, feeling I, it I was, this week i was pleased with the strength of the game we brought <laughs> to the superpod yeah i think we burned ourselves out a little bit i don't think but i don't think we let down out and actually i have to say my tension the whole time so i did get really tense about it but i didn't want to let him down I didn't want to turn up and be shit. <laughs> I think no. I think I think it was probably one of our best podcasts. I just don't know if. Mm. I think now every time, like I, I get, I feel like that sometimes when we've had a really good one, yeah, or or a run of two or three really good ones, uh, then I I I feel really despondent about the ones where I just don't really. Un, I, I'm I'm not even sure what we've been talking about. <laughs> No, but I've had a thoroughly nice time talking to you, Nick, and that's all that really matters. Is yeah. you and I have filled a very pleasant hour together. It's, you know, I, 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 I kind of agree, but it's so uncomfortable in this room. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable too. My legs are sweating. It's not a good look. I should have put my, tra- I should have taken my trousers off as well. Yeah, that's what you should have done. I, I've got to go because I've got to take medication. Okay, bye bye, James. Okay. Um, uh, bye bye, uh, listener. <laughs> Sorry, that's not how we do things. We're, we're more professional than that, I'm sure. <laughs> bye bye, James. Um, um, thank you. Thank you, James. You're awesome. Thank okay. you, listener, for listening. Thanks to our Patreons. You. You're wonderful. Remember, you can join us at uh, Mixler, um, mixler.com forward slash the dash other dash 10, the number 10 dash live forward slash uh, eight o'clock Mondays to uh, uh, join us when we record these. Um, we, I think we might be a bit more focused when there's someone in the room now. Yeah, maybe. I God, think it was maybe we are. Intoxicating, having people laugh at you, wasn't it? Oh, oh God, they were really laughing. Have you listened back to it? Yeah, but I don't hear the laughs. I only hear the silences. There really, weren't as genuinely. many of them as I was expecting. Uh, I, yeah. I bet people laughed more for Stacey's though. I haven't listened I think... to Dredgeland. I bet people laughed more for that. Oh God, that was so funny. I um. I fear, though, that I may have made a rod for our back in terms of if we do future live two grown men. So I, I worry that there may be a format in, in the making. Is you think that, there's always going to have to be a, a, a performed piece? There's always going to have to be a piece now, isn't there? There's always going to have to be a piece, because otherwise we're not bringing our A game, are we? Can you imagine now if someone invited us to go and do something live and we rock up and just sit there and ramble for an hour? People aren't going to go, oh, come on, they're live ones. They normally do something else. 
I felt like um, I felt like after doing it on the show a couple of times, um, uh, uh, heckling something you'd written and you mm. while we were while we were actually performing it, yeah. I, I felt like uh, before we did it. It was going to be like, well, it's just, but at well, the point where it's just on rails, I'm just being, that's just our roles. I'm just being a dick and yeah. it's all like, it, it's yeah. not scripted, but it's just a role and blah, 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 blah. But no, I, I found uh, more, um, it was actually quite easy to find <laughs> more and fresh ways to, yeah, to criticise you. It's good. <laughs> in situ. Well, it's, it, you know, uh, my writing lends itself to criticism. Yeah. It was good. I loved it. It was really funny. Yeah, Stacy's just. Uh, I mean, She's thanks brilliant. to thanks, thank you, Mike. But it is. Uh, it is an absolute yeah. shame that his dyslexia and your writing <laughs> had to sort of. Let's not blame anything on Mike. It, my writing, I think. Yeah, exactly. He could have done with one or two more edits, couldn't it? Yeah, but um, but Stacy was like, it uh, was her was her bit particularly well written, or was it just that she was performing it like it was? Well, to, to me, although it's called Dirt Dangerson, to me it's Wendy's... Each of these is really about Wendy rather than, than Dirk. Hmm. Cause she's yeah, I can the, see that. You want a strong female character, but you don't want to put well, her front and centre. she's the brains of the operation, isn't she? So, yeah. Yeah. That's what that's about. <laughs> so it is a feminist masterpiece. Absolutely. And on that bombshell, uh, yeah. we should go... Um, bye. Bye.